Hello, Josephine. Hi, Miss Wendy. Welcome to March Madness. Yes, the madness of March. <laughs> yes, welcome to art time of the month. Still in quarantines. Yes, still in the quarantines. Still in quarantines. You'll note that we put out a special quarantine episode this month that Joe would not let me call end times. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so we call it quarantine. Um and we gave you fun fun lists of things that you can do to fill your time in the midst of staying home and flattening the curve. And uh, and in the midst of all of that, you know, we still had a lot of art happening in March that we are going to talk about today. Um, but we did have some, so far, some pretty big losses in the arts community that we wanted to draw, make mention of real quick. Um we lost Terrence McNally, who is mm -hmm. a seminal playwright in the American theater. That's just a devastating loss. Um, and and we lost um, we lost uh, almost EGOT <laughs> uh, Adam Schlesinger. Almost, uh, almost EGOT. Yeah, he Aww. he wrote. I mean, he wrote a lot of great things that you may not even know. I realizing. Um, realizing going through his whole catalog i'm like wow his his songs were the soundtrack of my life he wrote yeah, he had a really huge catalog yeah he wrote the music to uh he wrote that thing you do he wrote uh josie and the pussycats the click five famously fountains of wayne um stacy's mom and then he also was one of the voices behind or one of the creative geniuses behind the songs on crazy ex-girlfriend yeah um, yeah 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 I actually, um, I actually got to go to the uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live finale mm -hmm. at the um, uh, in L.A. and he was there playing the keys. Uh, and during one of the resets um, that they didn't air, uh, Rachel Bloom uh, said, "Hey, you know, hey, I don't know if anybody knew this, but Adam wrote this great song called Stacy's Mom." And so then they did it. And he got <gasps> fun. I got to see that, and that was. Uh, yeah, that was really uh, that was kind of a hard day when yeah. when that came through. Just because you know we're it's uh, not gonna it's not gonna end anytime soon. But no, and sadly, I think you know we're on the cusp of losing a lot of people and and a lot of artists uh, and some big mm -hmm. names uh, in the mix there. So you know, at the risk of this turning into an in memoriam podcast, we did want to make mention of just some some really seminal people in our community who um, are loved and lost. And that being said, should we cover March? Let's do it. I mean, what else have we had time to do this month? What else are we going all to the do? Things? Um, okay. So we're going to talk about um, self-made, the Madam C.J. Walker movie, uh, no, miniseries on Netflix with Octavia Spencer. Um, and there were some big names in that. Tiffany Haddish is in it too. It's like mm -hmm. the big deal. Um, we're going to talk about Ben Affleck being a big old drunk, that movie. The Way Back, which never released in theaters, but then went straight to purchase online. Uh, the Hillary documentary on Hulu. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere is insane. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race. 
We're going to talk about Hentified, which we mentioned last month, but we're going to talk about it this month. Um, I want to give a quick mention to um, some Grey's Anatomy, uh, losing another original cast member. Dixie Chicks had their moment this month. They came back. Love is Blind has been happening on Netflix. On My Block happened on Netflix. Tiger King is happening on Netflix. And we're going to talk about the return of Tim and Heidi on Making the Cut, which is an Amazon Prime series. (sighs) And here we have it. (laughs) I know. We ready? Let's do it. You ready? All right. Self-made. Did you watch? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not surprised? Um, Okay. I watched Self-Made, and Blair Underwood is in it, and Tiffany Haddish is in it, Bill Bellamy is in it, like all of these huge, huge names, right? Um, I wanted it to be something it wasn't. It was, it was like the Madam C.J. Walker story as told through like a lot of really current music, and so a lot of it felt very like anachronistic and... Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I appreciated her story being told as like the first self-made woman and the first like, you know, self-made millionaire. Um and she did it through like hair products and like making women feel great about themselves and and that was such an important story to be told. I just I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews on it. What have you heard? The mixed reviews are what's uh, what kept me really from it. Um, mm-hmm. Just the idea that, again, having not seen it, but just what people are saying, it's like the idea that they had to like pit two women against each other. Yeah, uh, you know, to to create that, which some people are saying that that's not really historically accurate mm-hmm. as far as the actual C.J. Walker stuff. So. Again, it's it's just it was like was a like, dramatized version of you know, it felt like really dramatized and for me felt dramatized in like you're right, like almost like a catty kind of bitch fighty way. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that like her story is so much more important than that. And so I don't know. It wasn't my favorite thing. I wanted it to be like something that was gonna like blow my mind and I was so excited to talk about and then it wasn't. Yeah, it it was, yeah, it definitely wasn't, so. Yeah, anyway, we watched it, and so we move on. Um, another thing that kind of turned me away was um, <laughs> the Ben Affleck is a big old drunk movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> also called The Way Back, which I was excited to see, because I was like, sweet, Ben Affleck is a big old drunk. Let's watch a movie about it. Sure, why not? And then... Um, they, you know, it left theaters and then it went like straight to home viewing because of the quarantine. And so I was like, cool. I texted Joe one night. I said, I'm going to watch this tonight. I'm excited. I'll let you know. I'll report back. And then I get on Amazon and you have to like purchase it for, I think the cheapest option was 20 bucks. That seemed much to me. Yeah, that's what a lot of, I mean, because I had to watch The Hunt for Fright School, Mm -hmm. and it was a rental, but it was like a $20 rental. That's it. It was a $20 rental. I'm like, it does not cost $20 to go to the movies. 
Yeah, and I was like, okay, I mean, that's a little bit much. I mean, if you had made it maybe if you had made it ten dollars, yeah. That would have been better to swallow, but ten bucks I, I absolutely just... I absolutely would have watched that because you know I love a good sports movie. Yeah. But and not was... only is Ben Affleck a big old drunk in this movie, he's coaching basketball. Which yes. ticks all the boxes for me. <laughs> I was really excited about it. And then I was very discouraged by the price. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll cave. Maybe one day when I run out of all other things to watch, I will I will succumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyway. Sorry, Amazon. You got me there. You don't need my money on that. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's been a big conversation. I think there was a piece recently in Hollywood, in the Hollywood Reporter or New York Times about how, like, yes, it's good that they're bringing uh, they're bringing these things sooner, but it's so strange because they're not doing anything to compensate for the fact that people aren't going to the movies. So the, the they should just keep it the same, like the same rate, or you should be able to just buy it outright. Like yeah. for twenty dollars, it was like okay. If I twenty dollars and then I'll own it, that's one thing. And but if like it's twenty dollars for a price rental, of a digital, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. So, yeah. so I, and it's you know again nice that people are you're trying to find a way to recoup costs and keep people employed, keep the lights on. But when you think about how many people are resorting to you know, are, are staying home, like, you know, literally almost half the country is working from home right now. So it's like those who are staying home, it's like they, more people would probably buy your movie if it was like four ninety nine rental or five ninety nine. rental. Yes. 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 And didn't you send me a link about, um, you know, like the viewing um, rules being changed for like award submissions this year. Yes, yes. So I I sent that to you. It's like there because of the situation that's happening with all of the you know with the social distancing, they are relaxing a lot of the. I think it was the Golden Globes is relaxing the rules on streaming and having to be in theaters in order to accommodate this you know extraordinary situation. Yeah, that normally like a certain number of Hollywood Foreign Press members would have need to have been there for like one screening or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're relaxing that in lieu of doing like at home screenings and things like that, um, which, you know, should have been the case all along. Yeah. Ooh, dropping equipment. Um, okay. Let's talk about Hillary on Hulu, which was a really extensive four part docu series documenting not just the 2016 election, but also like her entire political career and really her biography, like really her whole life. Um, and what, you know, from beginning to end, how she kind of came into politics and, um, and then all the way up through present day and the shitstorm that America has put her through, but also like, they got real honest about her being such a polarizing figure and how mm-hmm. hated she is and how to this day people still really, really aggressively hate her. Um, and I was like so surprised at how honest that docuseries was. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, I would have more to say if I watched it. <laughs> I thought that you did watch it. I thought you watched like the no. first part of it or something. 
Mm-mm, no, no, not Hillary. Um, it's just, it's been difficult to get into anything political lately just because mm. it's like... They... This didn't feel that political though. It felt more like um, like a memoir. It felt like diving into someone's memoir. And the reason being is like, the I, I was really afraid to kind of dive into it because I thought it, I was going to feel like a lot of PTSD around 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it was not that. I didn't feel okay. that it was that at all. If anything, they got very deep into the Clinton scandal, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, and the impeachment trial and all of that. And um, and just how she chose to stay in her marriage and, you know, that infamous picture of Chelsea, you know, holding hands with her parents um, as they walk across the lawn. Um, like the story behind all of that is just really, really enlightening and eye-opening. Um, I don't know. I just, it gave me a, a like more of an appreciation for, for like everything she's had to work 10 times harder for as a woman uh, than her male counterparts have ever had to do. Hmm, interesting. It's worth a watch. I promise you. Okay. Okay. I promise. Add it I to promise. the, we'll add it to the homework that I'm catching up on. I mean, <laughs> you got time, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. We all have, we all have all this time now. Yeah, we do. All right. I'm going to jump to, uh, over to Mama Roo. So you take it away on that end. Where are we at on Drag Race? So... <laughs> Oh, Drag Race. Again, one of the queens that I like leaves. <laughs> Which one? I like Rock'em Sakura. Rock'em. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I I feel like this all this also this show is is supposed to give you is making like Aiden Zane to be uh to be this like villain. <laughs> yeah. They really are producing the hell out of that right now. They are, and it's just like, oh, you know, we've seen this all before. We know how this is going to end. So, you know, it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I, I really hope that it, it just sucks because that we're in this situation where, you know, no one, no one in entertainment is really working except if they're doing like online digital content. And I haven't, I haven't peeked over to Rockham's like social media to see what's being done, but like, you know, that's a real her aesthetic is a real thing like her like that whole cosplay that whole cosplay aesthetic is like something that's super popular and really and a and a real valid way of you know painting yourself so i don't know it's it's i i'm kind of letting look i was here for it the ball ball, i love it i thought it was like so exciting yeah, so like I'm uh, today, you know, we're recording this on a day when Rue's coming out, so I'm kind of letting them build up two at a time, so that way I can like binge, binge like them in little increments. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's it. So I haven't watched since uh, Rockham left. Um, Got it. But again, but again, like, and and now, and I really, really, really do not want to watch. Um, uh, what's it called? Untucked. Like I'm mm. just so resistant to watching. The I have Untucked, never but... watched Untucked because I don't like watching people yell at each other. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I don't like watching yeah. it. And if... Everybody that I know that's a fan has been like, "But you have to watch it. You're missing so much of the story there." And I'm like, "No, I don't like hearing people scream at each other. Like, I don't need that kind of noise. Whatever." 
Yeah, exactly. Or they, and then like, and again, it's like even more produced in that, yeah. like it's even more produced in that way. And apparently though, with this season of Untucked, you have like, you know, there's more happening with uh, the guests. The guests are actually coming back there. So like one of the Queens has they you know, that moment, there are moments with Leslie Jones. There's some cool moments with um, Robin in the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I might I might look into seeing about maybe, you know, on demanding it sometime soon, but not paying for it. I just mm, I don't need something on YouTube because I just yeah. I, I don't have the bandwidth for again, people yelling at each other. Yeah. What I will say though is and I'm so fucking bummed about it, is that I am so here for Sherry Pie. Like everyone is so here for she's crushing the game. Everyone loves her. She's funny as hell. And at the beginning of every single episode there's that disclaimer saying she's been disqualified and she won't appear in the finale so like every single time she like wins a challenge rupaul has another disclaimer saying they have like donated five grand in that challenge win to um to i think the trevor project or it gets better a trevor project yeah what yeah Yeah. Um, and it's so, really yeah, unfortunate. It's, just, it's discouraging too because it's like you're rooting for someone that you know you're not allowed to root for, and that is a tricky bitch, you know. Yeah, I mean it. it it's furthering this. It, I mean, it's been a conversation for for a very long time. But like the idea of what do you do with what do you do when you have like art created by monstrous people, right? Mm-hmm. When you have when you have something, especially like this, where it's like we know their recording schedule is like a year in advance, so. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not like this was anything that they could have like sussed out in between then mm-hmm. um, because the announcements were made. So it makes you wonder because it's, it wouldn't be the first time that there has, that something like this has, um, that something dramatic has changed the format of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we can cut to the earlier seasons where like Perez Hilton basically spoiled the finale for everybody. And that's why they changed it to the current format that they have. Mm. But again, like, we'll, it can only, we can only see how this is going to affect uh, uh, the future once production starts up again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer, dude. It's real sad. And also another bummer for RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, that Sherry Pie stuff was in the middle of what I like to call RuPaul's awful week. Uh, <laughs> because in that same week, earlier in that week, uh, RuPaul announced on Twitter that they're not renewing um, AJ and the Queen uh, for a second season. Which I have seen on a plane. (laughs) You saw that on a plane. I saw it on a plane. And you are just now watching or have just seen. Yeah. So, you know, in this working from home life, I basically (laughs) just have, um, I used to do podcasts when I work. And now that I'm at home, I like just have my iPad on and watch, you know, have random shows on. And so I decided, I was like, okay, well, I will um, watch AJ and the Queen. (laughs) <laughs> and I got to tell you, it was tickety tack tack tickety tack. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and then it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be in the mm-hmm. moments where it wasn't. Um, it was nice to see RuPaul perform in a club setting, uh, which is uh-huh. what, which is what like friends have told me before. It's like, oh, you know, it's not the best show, but it is nice to see her performing in that uh-huh. way. But like the cameos by the queens were a little distracting. 
And I was like, why do we have like Jay Jolie and Kennedy Davenport in the same club? And then, and then, you know, um, uh, Chad Michaels, like uh, we had all these people and, and then like there were moments though where RuPaul was like really genuine. Like I was like, oh, I, I believe this. And then there were moments. (laughs) <laughs> See, and, and that's the thing. And then there were moments where when it didn't work, it did not work. But it when it not. did work, it worked for me. It's like, oh, bless her. She was trying so hard. They really didn't need that kid, though. It could have just been. I mean, the whole thing. the Every single episode, I was like, this child is purely ornamental. Like, we don't need this child here right now. And the child was one of the best parts of that whole series because. The child was the only one who was honestly acting. Like with any kind of honest performance, but it was annoying. They were annoying, you yeah. know. Meh. <laughs> but again, anyway. that was part of RuPaul's awful week, and 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 you know, knowing that it was canceled, and then um, seeing, knowing that it was canceled, and then seeing that it was, uh, then watching the show, and I was like, oh please, too. it left on kind of a cliffhanger. But I was like, okay, if this is all we get, then that's fine. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. We're good. We are okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I want to circle back to Hulu a little bit right now. Okay. Okay. Hulu is having a kind of banner season with original programming right now. We just talked about the Hillary uh, docu series. They're also right now. They have little fires everywhere, which is being produced, Mm -hmm. and they're coming out at the end of this month at the end of April uh, with Normal People, which is another book two miniseries um, that's about to happen. Um, Little Fires Everywhere is based on the book by Celeste Ng. And holy shit, it's so good. Holy shit. Um, It is Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon. And are you watching? I am not watching. But is it some... so? So I'm right now sheltered in place with my parents. Yes. And I really want, like, it's been interesting. You can watch I, that I with actually, your parents. I can watch with my parents? There's no that weird is, sex stuff? There is, like, a hot sex scene or two, but the whole series is not about sex. Okay. It is not at all about that. If anything, it's okay. about... um Oh God, it's just, I don't even know like how to describe it. And I don't want to like miss sell you on this at all. Um, but it's a really female driven story and it's being produced by Hello Sunshine, um, which is Reese Witherspoon's female driven production company. Um, Mm -hmm. and so from the top down, it's being executive produced by her company and Carrie Washington and all of these producers. And, um, Joshua Jackson was interviewed recently and he was talking about, you know, being a part of something that is so female driven and it really flipping the script, uh, from an actor's point of view, he's like, you know, essentially what that means is that traditionally for so many years, we've seen stories that revolve around the male centered storyline, right? Mm-hmm. The man goes to work, has the job and blah, blah, blah. And then he comes home and wife is waiting for him. He's like, but in this series, really all of the male characters, the husbands are all of the external. It's all of the extraneous characters, you know? And so to have like the female conflict really at the center of this and being driven by such like strong, conflicted, characters it's really exciting and it's not just 
Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, it's their daughters and it's their schools and their families. And like, it's all of, it's all of that. So what's like the, like the short and dirty premise of how the two women are related? Short and dirty premise is that Carrie Washington and her daughter come into town. They move to town where Reese Witherspoon and her, you know, perfect, perfectly white family are Mm -hmm. really established. Her husband's a lawyer. They have like five kids, you know, Um, and they live in this big, beautiful giant house. And then um, Carrie Washington and her daughter wind up renting their, like, they have like a rental unit property. Mm Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon's family does. Um, so essentially she's her tenant. Um, on and the same property on the same grounds, I think on like a, at a separate house. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then it's a matter of like how their, their kids get involved, which then involves the two mothers. And, and that's where I, and then yeah, hilarity I, ensues. And then, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say hilarity. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of um, racial tension, which is something that I really appreciate because in the book, Mia, who is Kerry Washington's character, I don't believe is written as an African-American character. So there's in the story, there's this added um, element of like racial tension and like the, the, the choices that were like, easily given to Reese Witherspoon, you know, unlike the, the, like the privilege that's there and that like Mia's working her ass off for. And so it's, it's just, it's added like a lot of layers to it. It's really, it's really well done. Like it's beautifully produced. It's so well done. So I would say get into it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Getting into it. Put that on um, your list, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's a safe one to watch with mom and dad. I if you I have, watch it and you are uncomfortable with it, then <laughs> you can blame me and tell your parents and blame it on me. Do you think that we could have at the end of this a "What am I watching with my parents?" Because we've been watching <laughs> things together. And yes, this is, this is my version of "Saw It on a Plane." But yes, exactly... what am I watching with your parents? I'll come up with some kind of jingle for it. I'll sing a song. Please, I will. Please, please, okay. please. Watching with parents. Talk to me about Hentified on Netflix. Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah. Well, give us the premise. Give us a rundown. So, Hentified, which I was telling one of my, I was telling one of my coworkers about this, and she grew up in a large family, but like whitewashed, rich Mexican in in like Laguna Beach area, mm-hmm. and she's also like connected to the food scene in LA. So, I was telling her about this show because she's always she's always looking for new shows on on Netflix. And so every time we're in our daily, like zoom meeting, mm-hmm. she's all, she keeps saying gentified. No. And I'm like, ah, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh, hentified. So hentified, um, is this, uh, half hour series on Netflix. It's about three cousins who are basically trying to help their grandfather keep their, uh, mom and pop Mexican restaurant open. Right there in, in Boyle Heights. Heights in, mm-hmm. yeah. In, Echo Park, Boyle Heights, LA. And it is, it is great. And it it, it was, as I was watching it, I'm like, okay, I get it. It's going to be the tension between the guy who stayed versus the guy who's trying to get out versus the, you know, Mm -hmm. all it's the, 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 you know, their female cousin that's like all in between this. And 
the things that I love about it are it's that when it's unapo- it's unapologetically brown, it yeah. is unapologetically queer. Yeah. And it is also not afraid to I love it because it's not afraid to go there and it's not afraid to complicate the ideas of gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's like the, the premise with the granddaughter, with the female cousin and just all of what she's trying to experience is like, part of me wants to believe that she's truly being authentic, but then also there's like, it's very, the line that she rides is very close until you get to the last episode and, and Uh all that stuff. So like the whole series, the line is just super close and there's a moment where they're doing the interview with the girlfriend uh-huh. and like just the looks that are being given. It was just, it. I thought that that was really interesting because it's like, can you, how do you have, because I feel like that's also happening in like downtown Chula Vista area here in San Diego, where you have like this downtown area that was, that's being, seeing a lot of revitalization in terms of what, you know, on the X outside looks like gentrification. But what's actually happening is that the people who are living there are the ones directly benefiting from everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people who, you know, instead of having to go to, you know, San Diego city centers now, they can just stay where they've always lived because now there are things there that, you know, they don't have to leave the community. Mm-hmm. So is it like, is it gentrification if you, if the people who are living there are benefiting, benefiting from it? Um, it, it adds, it's gentrification because it's driving out small businesses and local, local business owners and things like that. And so people who can no longer afford to live in their own communities. And that is the downside there. So gentrified, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, I think like the thing that really stuck with me from that series was the mural, mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. beautiful luchadores um, mural of the two brown wrestlers who were kissing inside this big heart. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just this unapologetically like queer brown love image uh, on the side of this building that then like, you know, local store owners were like, you're going to drive away my business and blah, blah, but then like art owners were like, you know, like so excited by it. And it's just this constant battle between getting ahead and also then like giving up your roots and your community. And so um, I thought, yeah, I thought that series was really well done. I was excited by it. And what, and what parts of your identity, like, mm-hmm. are you, what parts of ident- of your identity are you connecting with? So, right. Mm-hmm. So it's like with the, with the female cousin where she's just like, you know, I have to, trying to hold space for her queerness, but then at the same time also like, you know, trying to negotiate living in that, like wanting to be an artist. But then when, but what that means is that it's a certain, it's a certain like strata that like she can't break out of because it means mm-hmm. also leaving behind everything and that her like culture. Becoming a sellout. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's good. And it's a quick and easy watch, right? Cause they're half hour episodes. So I watched the entire series in a day, um, in, you know, in an afternoon. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's again, ends on like a big cliffhanger. Um, and hopefully they're getting renewed for a second season. Yeah. Um, I think they are, yeah. um, we shall see you know, with what, with what happens mm-hmm. moving forward, but I believe that they are getting a second season. 
Yeah. Netflix and it was a huge cliffhanger. So I really, really want them to get it. Yeah. Netflix yeah. had a big chopping block this year, you know, and as we talked about, AJ and the Queen was one of them. Um, so a lot of the series that are kind of like out there and up in the air uh, may or may not get their final conclusions, you know? Yeah. <sighs> All right. I'm going to take it back to network television real quick. Okay. <laughs> I texted Joe last week and I said, I am appointment viewing right now. I was watching uh, the newest episode of Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 and SVU in real time on a Thursday night. <laughs> and he was like, what is that like? Um, but I was watching in real time um, because Grey's Anatomy and I have been watching forever um, is, and that was one of the things that I suggested someone watch during the quarantine, which I have started to do because it's like oddly comforting and it's a huge <laughs> undertaking. There's like 16 seasons of episodes, but like, oh my I just gosh. Need something I don't have to think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, give me a good hospital drama. We're good to go. Um, I'm talking about it because this, this month we lost Dr. Alex Karev on Grey's Anatomy, and he was one of the founding cast members, one of the like few remaining original cast members of Grey's Anatomy, made his final exit. Is uh, Meredith Grey the, la- the only one that's still there? No. Meredith Grey is the last of the interns in that first season who's still on it, but Dr. Bailey is still on it, Miranda Bailey. Um, and then also Richard Is Weber. She JJ? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then Dr. Richard Weber is also still on it. And I think, I think three of them are the last original cast members. Yeah. Cause Karev was like, it was like Karev and Meredith were the last mm-hmm. two of the doctors that came up. Yeah. And all the other OGs, they all like either died or were killed off or left or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had like the most tragic deaths. And or I'm- like, you know, were written off because they, you know, were homophobic or. Oh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time I see Dr. Preston Burke, I'm like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. <laughs> He's a piece of shit, and he still is. And now you can, like, see it throughout the whole thread of, like, the seasons, like, one through three or whenever it was that he got kicked off. But, oh, he's a piece of shit. He's the worst. Anyway. No one um, writes off a character like Shonda Rhimes, I gotta say. No one knows what the fuck she's doing. There's a reason that she has owned Thursday night since, you know, 2005 or whatever. 2003? I don't know. 16 years ago. Anyway. Um, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She can write a damn story. She's doing it again, too, in real time. It's exciting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the Dixie Chicks. Cause, you well, know, the I Dixie know Chicks about are, <laughs> well, I mean, the Dixie Chicks are back, everybody. They're, I mean, they had that huge, um, I mean, I guess hiatus is what you can call it. Um, mm-hmm. They released the single off of their, the title single off of their forthcoming album called Gaslighter, which is scheduled to be released on May 1st. Um, and with Gaslighter, it is, again, it's what you 
it it reminds me a lot of like classic Dixie Chicks songs. Really? Um, I don't know what a classic yes. Dixie Chicks song is. Yeah, I don't expect you would. So <laughs> <laughs> And again, like, you know, the some background again, they the Dixie Chicks, they haven't produced new music since um maybe 2010 or 2011 or so. Uh ever since um, you know, they were told to they told that they were ashamed that George Bush was from Texas and mm-hmm. then that basically blackballed them throughout all of country music. Which they I mean made... just to circle back real quick mm-hmm. to when I watched T Swift's Miss Americana or whatever Miss America mm-hmm. documentary that was. Um, she talked so much then about that, about the Dixie Chicks really being this example of how as a country music artist you cannot be political. Because the second you are political and you like wrong your fans, like no one in the history of country music or any kind of music really, as we've known um, in our time has been as like, you know, crucified as the Dixie Chicks were. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, that's also the premise of like one of the big premises of the Dolly Parton podcast, which is that she's, you know, famously and, you know, vehemently apolitical. Um, and she also speaks a little bit about what happened to the Dixie Chicks. Which, but, I mean, music is political. If we look at, like, segregation and civil rights and all that, music has always been political. Country music has not been, which is mm-hmm. why this is such a exciting kind of conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. So with the Dixie Chicks, you know, they this is their first album that they've had in like, you know, nearly a decade. And the single is good. Like it's a lot of fun. Um is again, it a bop? It is a bop. Uh it is a country bop. So, you know, if the, if country's already not your thing, I'm not gonna say that you're gonna like it. So <laughs> I'll but, listen to anything once. And so with this one, I mean it's good and you can kind of tell that they're like, you know, they're kind of I feel like the moment is ready for them to return because, you know, we're living in, we're living in this moment where we can, we're living in the me too, you know, kind of post Harvey Weinstein goes to jail. Yes, exactly. Time's up. And this, I mean, the fact that the record is called Gaslighter and in the music video, which is really strange, but very delightful, colorful. um, They actually put the, uh, the definition of what it means for someone to gaslight another person. Okay. And then, you know, you go, you go from there, but it's a true bop. And I recommend if you haven't listened to it to listen to it, you have a month before the, you know, to listen the hell out of it before then the album comes out. So, okay. All so right. do that folks do that. Okay. We totes will. Um, I feel like our list this month is jumping just all the fuck over the place, but Oh, well, what really what does it matter it's, time means nothing anymore time means nothing anymore <laughs> um, the quarantine the quarantine means nothing anymore i have i spend a lot of my day going from one sitting area to another sitting area and then finding another place to sit and then another place to sit I think it's um I think it's slowly driving my dad bonkers because I'll let come out of my room and yeah. I'll go over to him and I'll look at him and then I'll go back and he'll be like, Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just making sure that I cover every bit of the house today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I think I think on Sunday I stood outside for fifteen minutes 
mm-hmm. and it was the longest I had been outside in two weeks. To just soak up the sun, like to just grow. literally soak up the sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I see that rains in the forecast for the next week, so it's like, oh my you god, know, y'all, it's gonna be real hard. Yeah, we're rained yeah. in like all all week next week. It's gonna be rough. Anyway, all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Talk to me about Love is Blind. So Love is Blind is one of the two, I should say, one of the two big like memes, internet, social media meme moments of the last month. Um, Love is Blind is this reality show that is produced, uh, famously produced by uh, Vanessa and Nick Lachey. Talk about this on our quarantine episode. We may have. I may. Our I may have month, mentioned it. Yeah, but I, like, I remember that's where I learned that it was produced by Vanessa and Nick Lachey. But like, I'm mentioning it here because it's one of those things where it's like it already kind of prepared us for like social isolation because they can't see each other. Mm. <laughs> so it's like you know they can talk to each other, but they can't see each other. They, they can't even to touch each other. Each other. Exactly. They have to court each other. They have to, you know, get over all of their internalized homophobia and their racial biases. And and I'm going to be honest, y'all, I only watched the first episode and I was like, wow, they made an entire season of television for this. And <laughs> and it, people it got makes so into it. People did get so into people it. And I have so friends into it. It was such a pop culture moment this month. And people that I would never in a million years think that they would be into it, got into it because of the quarantine, because they were partnered with someone who like is into it, that they were forced to watch it. You know what? And then it I'm became like a car in- wreck. Yes. I'm going to lump that into this conversation with Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> because the same shit, like people that I think are like so much smarter than that are like, so into this series right now i watched one episode of tiger king yes this is the joe and wendy have each watched one episode (laughs) segment this is a like we've dipped our toe into the unknown and then we just (laughs) retreat back into what's comfortable for us (laughs) yes yes that's what the quarantines are about for us um no but i watched one episode of the tiger king now i'm not gonna I'm not going to say I won't finish the series, but a lot of people said that after (laughs) episode three, it like really takes lots of twists and turns. Um, I watched the first episode and I was texting Carla, like the fuck is this shit that I'm watching right now? I have no idea what this is. And she was like, girl, just hang on. It gets so much crazier. And I'm like, I don't know that I want that kind of crazy in my home. It's insane. People just yeah. housing big cats for fun, and and you know I don't care that much about animals, but oh god, it's weird. And apparently he's gay. I didn't know he was gay. Oh, he's gay, and his husband, as long as he's not smiling with an open mouth, is low key hot. Because if he opens his mouth, he has like four teeth total, and they all have atrocious hair that's being oh, memed to the high heavens. And then there's a Carol Baskin thing that's going around. Like, ever, there's memes about Carol Baskin all over the place. It's like, you know what? Like, is this a spoiler? <laughs> or is I, this not a spoiler? I like, it is. Because, like, I still don't know what the fuck is going on in this series. But, yo. I don't know. Now I feel like I just need to watch the whole thing so that I'm, like, in on the joke with everybody. 
yeah exactly people are like i thought you would like this and people who are people who tell me i thought you would like this i'm like what do you think of me (laughs) (laughs) um you're like have you met me i don't get you no like this is not again and again this is one of those things where it's like it's a documentary which means that i have to like sit down it's like a documentary is the reading novels of like motion pictures right so you just have to sit down and you have to (laughs) you have to be really committed because you might miss something yeah and i posted on facebook i was like is this something i should watch with my parents again is this something i should watch with my parents Uh and i'm like i don't know Uh, people are just like it might be worth it just for the story (laughs) i know i saw that (laughs) oh god i was like i don't know if you should watch it with you (laughs) like i (laughs) I don't know that you would enjoy it or if it would make you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fucking weird. So fucking weird. All right. I am going to talk a little bit about On My Block. Okay. Okay. This show, I would I don't know how I came no, I do know how I came across this. My seventh grade students, one day I asked them, I was like, hey guys, what are you watching? I was like, tell me what <laughs> I should be watching. The, getting you know, the pulse in the young people. Absolutely. I want to know what they're into. I want to like see what they're reading, what they're watching, all that stuff. And they were like, oh my God, Miss Wendy, you have to watch On My Block. And I was like, what is On My Block? And they were like, it's on Netflix. And I was like, okay. So I pulled it up on my queue and I added it. And they were like, Caesar is so cute. Oh my God. And they started going off and talking to me like they were grown women. And I was like, I need to check this series out now. <laughs> So I watched it. And in the first episode, the very first episode, it's about these three kids who are eighth graders going into high school and Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. about to start high school. And they've grown up together. And right away, like episode one, they're all like at this party drinking and there's like people having sex and there's drugs and there's gangs and like, and all, it's just like wildly sexual. And then like the kind of the thread of the series is that like eighth graders are just like, have been sexually active for like a really long time. And I'm like, students of mine, what are you watching? <laughs> so there's, part of me was like, I feel like I'm 80. But another part of me was like, I'm going to give this a beat because I kind of want to know what they're in on. And then after a while, I was like in it. So then I was emailing them and I was like, okay, ladies, here's the deal. I am not into Caesar, but I do love spooky. And I'm here for this character and this one and this <laughs> one. And I was like in it. So I got it. That is one uh, of the series that had three seasons and then Netflix like cut the cord on it. So yeah. I think it ended in a good place. It kind of flashed forward to where those kids are now. Um, oh, this Wendy, we're watching on my block. Oh man. I'm, are you on Goddamn right? <laughs> I am not on TikTok. I know far too many adults who are. <laughs> and I draw the line. Um, but yeah, on my block though. And I just like, I don't know. I like that. Like my kids were into it, but it didn't feel like a kid series to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this is something we can have like a semi-adult conversation about. All right. So if anything, it was like that, it was something to like connect with students on. Um, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't all bad. There were some really great characters written into that show. And there was a lot of humor in there. There There's a lot of heart in there. Like I can see why teenagers love it. So Okay. Okay. I know. I know. We're going to talk about something that both of us have watched. Ready? Yes. 
Ready. Okay. Joe texts me and he says, are you watching Making the Cut? And I said, what is Making the Cut? And he said, it is Heidi and Tim with that Bezos money. And I said, okay. So I got on Amazon Prime and I started watching Making the Cut. And this is Project Runway on crack. This is Project Runway on all that good, good drugs. All <laughs> the good drugs. They're doing all the white drugs. Oh my god! Yes, they're doing all that white to like those white people, white money drugs. Okay. Yes, I mean now we have done. We did our um, artist spotting episode with Ashley Nell Tipton, who is a Project Runway winner, and mm-hmm. so like we have a deep, deep love for like this format of fashion design and like the love of Heidi and Tim goes way back and is troubled and all that. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay. Talk about it. Tell us what it is. How is it different? Why are they not still doing project runway? What's the story? What go. So making the cut, right. You can, and you can already tell that like, so this new series it's it's also a fashion designer series you know they'll they'll make a garment i think in the first episode which premiered um uh which premiered uh, at the end of march it has them like making two garments they're going to make one it's their like runway look and then once they're like accessible ready to wear retail look which like if you ask me like some of those designers could have switched up <laughs> so mm. i was like Mm-hmm. The runway look is a little looks a little more ready to wear than the. But then every challenge look. is different because then some of them are like the haute couture look, and then the accessible like ready to sell mm-hmm. look and all that. Yeah, and the idea is that the winner has their accessible look immediately sold on Amazon.com. So part of why Heidi and Tim left Lifetime or Bravo or wherever Project Runway was going, because they kind of like famously flip-flopped back and forth between the two networks, um, Heidi and Heidi had really wanted to take the, the show into a direction where it could be direct to consumer. And Bravo and Lifetime and, and the producers weren't really feeling that route. They wanted to stick with what worked. And so she decided to leave and Tim decided he was going to go with her. And so the two of them have like partnered up and and went on this venture together. So it is essentially kind of the same structure as Project Runway was, except like the stakes are much higher. The prize money is $1 million. So like it is the cream of the cream of the cream of the cream that they had to pick from because it's not just, it's not like, this is like, this is real, real money. This is like this money I forget which contestant said it in the in the first episode, but this is the money that like will make brands. And these people are already pretty established designers. They are already established designers in their own right. And what Heidi and Tim are looking for is the next global brand. So they're looking for people who already have an established brand or like their foot in a market somewhere. Um, And they're really looking to kind of like blow that way the fuck out of the water. Um, the coolest thing about this though, is that every single runway that show that they have is like goo goo gaga glamour. Like it is bananas beautiful. And it's like not all in New York, right? They started the series in New York and then they like immediately took it to Paris and had their first runway show under the Eiffel Tower. So like every, all the production quality is insane and the design is insane. I feel like the design quality and 
the dresses and the garments that are coming out of this show are like next level. Yeah. And they went international. So they're not all Americans. Mm -hmm. You're talking like from Israel, Berlin, from um, Belgium. Mm -hmm. Like the, these are people who, which, which is very, I think, which is a very important part of it because when you're thinking about this show is giving me a really interesting glimp and glimp and a glit. Glimpse, glimp. A really interesting glimpse into the business, the global business that is fashion with a capital F. Yeah. Because you learn a little, like they get a seamstress, so they have to like. I mean, Tyler Banks didn't give that to you already. America's (laughs) Next Top Model and Smizing. Come on. You know, you know, we were rooting for (laughs) you. We were all rooting for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No. No. I get that though. Yeah, so it's just, it's fascinating. And it's also just like the, again, the shots, the cinematography, like it is just dripping in money and opulence. And you can tell that Heidi is just super jazzed to be there. <laughs> she is. She is like pumped about being in Paris. She is like pumped about going to the next city that they're going to go to. Um, it's really exciting. And so it's, and they also like her. the judges are insane. <laughs> Yo, I am here for Naomi Campbell as a judge every single week. She is my kind of bitch, dude. Like she is like pull no punches. She will say things to you that will cut you straight into the depths of your soul. But then she's like going to give you a hug afterwards. <laughs> she's like, she's just like no bullshit bitch. And I love her so much. I'm here for her. Nicole Richie is also a judge. Um, and then who are the other two? The Anna Wintour of Paris Vogue, of French yes. Vogue. Yes, Catherine something. Corinne uh, uh, something. Corinne, yeah, Karine. And then uh, this is the guy, Althusser. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Althusser, I think, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's Heidi. how. That's how insanely. That's how insane the judges' panels are because we don't even know half of them. Like, (laughs) seriously, it's so good. I will say this though: I don't really like their um, their end panel discussion process. Oh, you mean how like casual it is, where they're like, you can tell they're super close. (laughs) Yeah, like the stakes are super high throughout the whole show, and then in the elimination rounds, everyone's just kind of hanging out in a room, and they're like, okay, so we'll talk to you now. Yeah, no, you're out, but we're gonna talk to four more people. Okay, you know, and you know the budget can't get everything right. You can't. Yeah, it just feels like that part of the show needs a little more structure. But they were probably like, well, we can't be exactly like Project Runway anymore. Okay, so. Yeah, but it was good though. It's really good, and I'm enjoying it. And that has new episodes every Friday. I have one more before we get into what I've been watching with my parents. I have yeah. one more thing to to to. I know you haven't seen. I don't think you've seen it yet. Okay, one day at a time. Oh, talk to me about one day at a time. So one day at a time. One day at a time is back, everybody. Um, and it's on Pop TV, so it's on cable now, mm-hmm. um, which I don't like. <laughs> yeah, because we have to like wait for episodes and all that, and yeah, we got to wait for episodes. Do you think that once Pop TV is finished with this season, they will put it up on Netflix? I think so. I think that's one of the reasons why it went to Pop TV in the first place, just because they already have there's already that direct pipeline for their stuff to go onto Netflix. But which Netflix Creek, them originally, so like I wonder how that all works. 
I, if anything, it'll probably go to Hulu. I mean, I kind of mm. want Hulu to pick this shit up because yeah. it deserves to have the full 30 minutes. They shorten the main thing that you'll know is they change the opening credits and they shorten the theme song <gasps> because we can't, we can't have a full, like, you know, three minute theme song when all we're working no! with is 20 minutes. Yeah. So the it goes, uh, best. I know. So it just goes, this is it one day at a time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is sacrilege but like oh, that the show is a goddamn delight i love it so much the show is the show is great this whole first episode is like a psa for the census good and and it's it it's still it still hits in the way that it in the ways that it needs to hit good very cool but like it, it's it'll be interesting to see as 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 more episodes go on because it's not like it's not picking up directly where they left off so uh-huh. It's more it with this whole episode felt like more of a thing for the census, but like everyone is back though. Like every yeah. single lady in the like in the group therapy, Schneider is back. Okay, we don't we, we don't talk about it. That's the thing is that we didn't really talk about it. But Schneider is back. Schneider has his little girlfriend is, okay. is back. We even wife. get we uh is that his real life wife? That is his real life wife. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit of Max in the first episode. Max. Yes, Max. tall EMT. That you could. Oh shit! No way for real. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Like that's okay. all I'll say. A all right. Bit. Um, did I see Ray Romano in the first episode trailer? He's the teaser? census taker. He's, He's census the census taker. enumerator. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead one day at a time. We love you. Even if you did have to butcher your theme song, whatever. Yes. <laughs> All right. Here's my theme it's song. Literally. Ready? One day at a time. <laughs> here's my theme song for you for your new segment. Ready? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. The people who made me watching with parents. <laughs> uh, the people who made me watching with parents. Oh, God. It's so good. Okay. There it is. You're welcome. It's going to be a top All 40 right. hit, you guys. There it is. So, you know, I've been, me, we're working from home. Me and dad are working from home. Um, mom is going into her office, but because of the nature of her work, um, her she has to do her work at an office with, like, okay. secure internet connection. But there's okay. only, like, four people allowed in there. So don't worry, folks. She's fine. Okay. Um, taking all precautions. But, um. I was like, okay, well, on the weekends, you know, usually we would go out and do things or they would go out and do things. We're not doing anything, right? So what are we going to do besides staring Watching with parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I started doing like, okay, we're going to do movie night. We'll have a movie night here, a movie night there. And um, the first movie of movie night was go. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> what? Yes, but like we actually really like uh, is we that like the Paul Walker. No, this is the one that's just The Rock and Jason Statham. <laughs> Wait, which is the one with like Paul Walker and um who's the other one? Well, well it's I mean that's and the Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. That's, those, that's, are that's, 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 those are the early ones. This one was like they took two characters from the Fast and Furious universe and gave them their own movie. And the movie itself is bad. Like it is bonkers, bananas. Like, okay. And who is in it? Idris Elba plays like a like genetically modified super soldier. Okay. And 
The Rock, Jason Statham. Sure, um, why all of that? Sure, why not? The the girl who plays, I think her name is Vanessa Kirby. She plays Princess Margaret in seasons one and two of The Crown. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she's in it, kicking ass. But okay. the it's all worth it, all worth it for the last fifteen minutes of the film, where the final battle takes place on in Samoa. <laughs> Oh, where like the super soldiers are versus like an army of like like baby oiled Samoan men. Sure, that's it's. It's worth like it that scene in Black Panther where like they battle it out shirtless and everyone's like, "Wow, yeah, yeah, I get exactly. it." Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so that was the first one. What else have you been watching with parents? Um, uh, we've been occasionally we'll have dinner in the living room and we'll watch old episodes of Top Chef. Oh, good. Um, good call. So good call. Them, mm-hmm. So getting them into Top Chef. Are you and watching then, the new season of Top Chef also? I am watching the new season of Top Chef. I have Chef. only seen the first episode because beyond like that first episode, you have to like log in or whatever online and I no longer mm-hmm. have cable. And so I just need somebody's like login and then I can watch stuff online. Um, It's good. It's yeah. the, the second, the second episode's really good because they do a food tour of LA and then have to like make stuff and it's great and and i was like oh yeah i remember her i remember her season i remember his season yeah yeah and on it this year yes brian Brian malarkey Malarkey. Mm -hmm. so top chef we've been watching and then um the most recent movie night we did uh ford versus ferrari oh how was that um, it was good. Uh, we 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 probably have to rewatch it again because everyone fell asleep. Uh-huh. Um, As and we, parents do, and, and I showed them Knives Out. Oh, how did they? What did they think of that? Well, you know, my my dad really likes like an action, fast paced movie. So like Knives Out is a slow burn until you get to like the twenty minutes in, and then once he once we got past that, he was like super interested in the mystery of it all. Mm-hmm. And then, I have not seen like, Knives Out. Oh, I think you'd I think you'd like it. And he was just like, "Can you just tell me what happens?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Well, that defeats the purpose of watching it." But uh, yeah, so I mean, we we have more movie nights and things. I'm. Uh, it's been funny because like my dad has also like just he's been on Netflix more than usual. So uh-huh. I will come out to the living room and I'll find that he's like watching things that I would never think he'd be watching. Like he's watching, he's watching Iron Fist. On, on Netflix, which is a Marvel Defenders TV huh. show. Um, and then I came out um, the other day and they were watching um, they were watching Arrow on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are these superhero things? Um, and then last night uh, mom and dad were watching Molly's Game. <laughs> what is that? Molly's Game, it's a movie. It was an Oscar-nominated movie. Jessica Chastain, she plays a woman who runs a high-stakes poker game. Oh, It was written by Aaron Sorkin. Yes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Which in the, like, ten minutes that I watched, I was like, yep, this is definitely written by Aaron Sorkin. Of course. Nice. So that's what I've been watching with parents. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay tuned for the people who made you watching with parents. <laughs> Yay. Let's just get that out real quick. Just clap that out real quick. 
Clap it. Nicely done. Love that. You're welcome. Um, all right, kiddos. Well, uh, this has been another fun remote recording session. We have been staring at each other's faces via technology. Yes, we have all the technology, folks. To never leave our homes ever again. And to stay put and to stay home and wash your hands with whatever filthy song of your choosing. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar, I posted on our Instagram, Joe's song washing, your hand washing song of choice. Yeah, because it's good. Pretty filthy and it's a good time. You know, suck this messages like you should <laughs> right uh-huh. now. <laughs> Clean My hands neck. and a filthy mouth. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, kids. Well, stay home, stay clean. Stay safe. Follow us on Instagram at Art Time of the Month. Follow us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Apple Music, right? Wherever. I don't know where. Wherever you have podcasts available, we're Wherever there. Podcast. There we are. Like and review us, all that stuff. But wash your hands. Wash your hands. And enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Goodbye.